when we look at the history of the church, there's always been problems in the church. There has never been a period in the church that there has not been some form of scandal or controversy or division. The history of the church is just going from one problem to another to another to another, basically like, well, real life it seems like. The church has always had these issues. And one of the ongoing problems in the church that leads to these periods of scandal and controversy and division is the fact that we as Christians aren't always as open to listening to the, to the words of our Lord, the scriptures, as we should. Because every time that we have all these periods of scandal or controversy or division, more often than not, it's because people in the church weren't doing what our Lord commanded them to do. In fact, you know, scandal is causing someone else to sin by your own sins. Division is caused whenever sin enters into a community. Controversy, same thing. So we come to Mass and we hear these scripture readings that people have for 2,000 years heard these scriptures proclaimed, but we don't always listen to them. And this is why there are these problems in the church throughout the history of the church. Or we take these scriptures and we try to twist them to fit what we want. Again, not listening, just hearing and saying, oh, I like this part, but not that part. People like to do that. They like to take the chunks they want. And just as the problems in the church come because people aren't listening to the teachings of Christ, aren't following the teachings of Christ, the answer to the problems in the church today come from listening to the words of Christ and his teachings. And if we're listening to the scriptures today, there should be a couple of passages that, that really stand out to us. From the first reading, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy, be set apart for God, because the Lord your God is holy, is set apart. This is from the gospel. So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, God is all perfect. He is as perfect as you can get. He is the definition of perfection. If you start to get into St. Thomas Aquinas and philosophy, he is the example. He is the fullness of perfection. We're to be as that perfect? And we should be hearing these readings, listening to these readings, and going, am I living up to this? Am I being holy as our Father is holy? Am I being perfect as our Father is perfect? So what does it, what do these mean? What does it mean to be holy? St. Paul even tells us that we are the temple of God and that we are to be holy. That we are holy because we are the temple of God. And we are the temple of God because we have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us from the moment of our baptism. When the priest pray, pours that water over and says those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. From that moment, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. We become the temple of God who are holy. Now, this common definition, as I said, is that holiness is set aside for God. But what does that mean? What does that mean for us to say that we are set aside for God? It means that we are not of this earth anymore. 
Yes, we live here. We are in the earth. We, we, we need the goods of the earth to survive. But this is not our final home. This is not where we are, we are going to stay for eternity. We are destined for heaven. We have been set aside by God for him that we might enter into eternal life in heaven. And so to be holy is to dedicate our lives totally to him. To have a total dedication for God. It's recognizing that our very lives are gifts of God. He has given us everything we have. Every heartbeat, every breath, everything we do, everything we have is a gift from God. It is recognizing that our lives come from him. As the second reading said, so let no one boast about human beings for everything belongs to you, all belong to you, and you to Christ and Christ to God. So we belong to God and we are everything that he has given us Everything that we have comes from him. And to be holy, therefore, is to have that recognition and then to desire to give it back to him. To give God, give everything we have back to him. To seek him above all things here on earth. And desire his will, not our own. Desire what he de desires for us. To unite our desires with him and to avoid those things that keep us from following him sin separates and i said that earlier that anytime sin enters into a relationship there is division well that's no more important than our relationship with god that when sin enters into our lives it divides us from god it keeps us from him and oftentimes show that that division shows itself as selfishness that we become selfish. It becomes about us and what we want and what we think is right instead of what God wants and what he thinks is right. So we are called to be holy. We are called to live our lives for God. But then how about this being perfect? Because we know, us human beings, none of us are perfect. You know, it's kind of that joke about, you know, I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. No, all of us have made mistakes. All of us have been wrong. All of us have made bad decisions. All of us have fallen into sin. We are not perfect. Maybe we're perfect in batting a zero at being perfect, but that's about it. We're not perfect. But we have to look at this context of where this reading comes from when we talk about being perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. This is still part of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is proclaiming the Beatitudes. That's the part that people remember is the Sermon on the Mount. But this is also part of that. He said this as part of that sermon. So we had the Beatitudes. Blessed are you who, blessed are those that. He's got the part about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that beacon shining in the night. And then we have the call to live the commandments more fully and to love your neighbor. So the last four weeks, we have been going through the Sermon on the Mount. This is the fourth week of it. And it's all part of that context. And what it means 
is that we are to share that perfect love and mercy that comes from God. That we are to love our neighbor as deeply as God loves us. We are to share that love that God has given us, that mercy that God shows to us, to our neighbor. It's part of this call to be holy. If we are to be perfect, we must seek holiness. The two go hand in hand. That's why these two readings were grouped together. Because they are both the same call. To be holy, to be set apart for God, to be perfect as he is perfect, to share his mercy, to share his love. Now, as I said, we're not perfect, and we might think it's impossible to be perfect, for us humans to be perfect. And on our own, that's true. We cannot be perfect on our own. We are flawed human beings who are imperfect. But, as another passage later in St. Matthew's Gospel says, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we can be perfect through God's grace and mercy. God gives us the grace we need to follow him, to share that perfect love and mercy. We just need to turn to him and seek it. So how do we live this? This should always be the question when we look at the scriptures. And sometimes the things are, the answer is, we don't live that. That's the bad example. That's the thing in the scripture that it's not telling you to do. But in this case, we should be looking at these passages about being holy as our Heavenly Father is holy, being perfect as He is perfect, and ask, how do I live that? How does that show in my life? My life? And we can narrow that question down to, how do I live holiness? How do I, how do I live as holy as I am called to be? Well, First and foremost, it's recognizing that a life of holiness looks very different than what we see a lot of people in the world do. Most people in the world, I would venture, are not seeking to live a life of holiness. They're seeking to live a worldly life, a life steeped in the world, in the culture, in the message that you hear out there. God is an afterthought at best. For many people. That's why we're almost surprised when you hear of these professional players, you know, professional ball players, who it turns out they're very devoted, devoted Christians. Uh, you know, there was a story after the Super Bowl that the, the kicker who won the game for the Chiefs is a devout Catholic and an actual, now this is not a political devout Catholic, an actual devout Catholic. He was wearing the brown scapular under his jersey. During the game, he, go, he was, he's, is a regular server at traditional Latin masses. He is a real devout Catholic. He's not the, he's not the politicians who claim to be, I better get off of that line. I could get in trouble if I go too far into that line. Um, but so we're surprised though that there's a character like this. Because what do you think of an NFL player? Generally very worldly. You know, you, you see them, they've got, you know, the fancy cars and the big house and the jewelry and some of them, you know, if you've ever looked at what happens during off seasons, a lot of times they get arrested for drugs and alcohol and things like that. They live very secular lives. So we're surprised when we see an NFL player who, that's not the life he lives. And there are other players like that as well. He's just the most 
this, uh, this kicker is the most recent example of that. Most people in the world aren't living for God. We're living for the world. We're living for what the world tells us we need. And because of that, to seek holiness requires change in our lives. It requires us to examine our lives and to examine how we can change to serve God's will instead of our own. How we can change from being inward-focused, self-centered, to outward-focused, self-giving. How do we give of ourselves without counting the cost, as our Lord says? How do we, when someone, you know, what does it say, you know, they sue you for your, your, your tunics, give them your cloak as well. You know, give them more, more than what they request, more than what they need, always willing to give, always willing to serve. And that's a painful thing to do. That's a painful change to make, to, to deny ourselves. And then, as we seek to change ourselves, we need to spend time with him. If we are to truly be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy, we need to spend time with our Lord and come to know him. It's not worth it if we aren't praying. It's not worth it if we're not spending time with him. And if he is an afterthought, we don't pray. If he's just, you know, Jesus is somebody we just schedule in once in a while, we aren't praying. You know, St. Paul tells us that we need to be praying always. Well, we need to spend time with him. You know, and that's something that, that, can, that can be very difficult in its own, is being able to say, no, I want to do this, but I need to go spend time with our Lord. Because if we give our lives over to him, we will come to desire to be with him, to be in his presence, in prayer, to converse with him, to listen to him, to be open to him. And then, this seeking holiness, this seeking to be perfect, this spending time with him in prayer will lead us more and more to give of ourselves, to go out of ourselves, and to love our neighbor as we are called to do. And to love our neighbor always. To reach out to those around us. And yes, as our Lord says, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I'm sure we have all had times in our lives, and maybe are facing times in our lives now, where we have people who seem to be out to get us. They seem to be out to hurt us, to do whatever they can to harm us. And it can be very difficult to look at that person or those people and say, I love them. I love them. They are my enemy. They are persecuting me. I love them and I will pray for them. We want justice. We want the tides turned on them. You know, when you have bullies, you know, think of school when, you know, there are the bullies in school. What was the thing that the kid being bullied wanted more than anything else? To see the bullies get their just desserts. To see the bullies be put in their place. Our Lord doesn't say that's going to happen. Our Lord doesn't say that we should even seek that. And so this idea of loving your neighbor, praying for those who persecute you, is often seen by the world as foolish. You've got a bully, you know how you deal with it? You go pop him in the nose. 
Some of you were bullied as kids. You probably even heard that as advice. Go pop them in the nose. Go knock them on their butt. They'll leave you alone. Sometimes, sometimes not. That's not what our Lord said. He said we have to love them. We have to pray for them. Yes, we will have to stand up. But as it said in the readings, don't do it in a way that leads us to sin. Don't do it in a way that hurts us. And we may find it impossible. And that's where we need God's strength. That's where we need his strength to truly love them, to truly pray for them. And yes, there are going to be times when you're going to have people that, Lord, I am praying for them because you tell me to, but I really don't want to. Praying through gritted teeth. We still need to make those prayers. We still need to love them. Because that is one of the strongest ways that we can become holy as God is holy. He loves us even when we turn away from him. And that is how We are to live our lives as well. Notice that none of this ever said it was going to be easy to be holy. None of this ever said that this was going to be a cakewalk. To be holy ultimately means a dying to ourselves. Dying from those desires, those wills that we have. Just as a, a surgery to cure you know, to remove some cancer or a diseased organ or, you know, an in, you know, like an accident or whatever. It involves, first and foremost, causing more pain through this surgery, through cutting. But because of that, surgery can bring more healing. Well, in the same way, seeking holiness is going to be cutting off things in our lives that keep us from God, that, are, that will be painful, but ultimately will bring us to the greater joy that our God promises us. If we are willing to face that pain that comes with seeking holiness, I recommend reading all of Matthew chapter 5, all of that Sermon on the Mount. Matter of fact, with Lent coming up, that could be a good Lenten practice is to go through that chapter. Read that chapter multiple times throughout Lent to understand what seeking holiness looks like, what it looks like to follow our Lord and to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy, to be perfect as he is perfect. So I challenge you, let the scripture, these these scriptures, this Sermon on the Mount, listen to it. Let it impact you. Let it affect you. Let it enter your souls and change you so that you may truly be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect.